Anybody watching the playoffs? Is anybody rooting for the Patriots? Leave. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I, uh, I, I actually am watching the playoffs this year. And, man, well, there's been some awesome games. Everybody watched the Falcons beat Seattle, right? That was insane. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, do we have any picks for today? Who's going to the Super Bowl? San Francisco, finally. I said I want San Francisco to go last service, and they told me to leave. Amen, somebody says. So, Patriots, wouldn't it be cool if it was San Francisco and Baltimore, the two brothers, the coaches? That that would be cool. That that could happen. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be cool to see San Francisco, but let's not talk about football. Let's talk about God. A couple of announcements, though, before I get started. Um, In your bulletin, you'll notice uh, a, uh, what do you call these things? Flyer? Bulletin insert, um, and uh, it's uh, highlighting that this month is the Sanctity of Life Month, um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, it's from the Woman's Clinic of Kansas City. And also, um, we actually had a dear friend uh, this past week go home to be with the Lord. She passed away, Marcy Esposit. I don't know if any of you knew Marcy. She's one of the sweetest ladies you'll ever meet. If you didn't know her, you should have. And uh, But her mom... And uh, some family members, I think, I don't know all the details, but they wrote something up that they wanted to uh, honor Marcy's life with. And if you knew her and you would like to read that, they are going to be available in the foyer um, uh, for you to grab. So if you'd like to get that, you can. Um, I think that's it for announcements. Uh, This morning, my alarm went off at 6 a.m. And at 6.02 I got a text from Pastor Sean that he is not feeling well this morning, and he would like me to uh, to preach his mes- uh, message today. Um, so needless to say, uh, I'm going to need your all's help in-, in preaching the message today. So if I call on you, immediately help me out, okay? I did it first service, and I got some good help, and so we'll see what kind of help um, that I can get this morning. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to uh, John 3. We're going to read in verse 15 and 16. So I, I got Pastor Sean's notes at about, is that my phone? No, that's my daughter's phone. All right. I have my amazing wife, my BFF right here. And my daughter, Isabella, which she is totally amazing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, I love you guys very much. Now put the phone on silent. <laughs> that was all part of the plan, though. Um, John 3, verse 15 uh, and 16. But before we start, let's go ahead and, and seek the Lord in prayer. Let's pray for Pastor Sean, and uh, let's just surrender this time to him. God, we love you. We thank you uh, ultimately for who you are always. We can never get tired of you, God. You are so amazing. And Lord, we just right now in the name of Jesus, Jesus, we lift up Pastor Sean to you and we say whatever is going on in his body, we command it to be right in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and your fire that is burning out infirmities right now in the name of Jesus. We just give you praise for that, God. Lord, I thank you for this time together. Uh, Lord, we just surrender to you and we say, have your way, God. 
have your way. What do you have to say to us this morning, God? We want to receive uh, from you this morning, and we thank you for that. So we surrender this time in Jesus' name. Yeah, I was thinking, I don't know, Pastor Sean, this morning, I think he just got some sort of flu bug. Uh, He didn't give me too many details. He just told me he was throwing up. Uh, So we're just going to rebuke that nonsense. I know a lot of people, I think it's kind of been going around people throwing up and stuff. So no more in Jesus name. John 13 verse 15. It says that whosoever we, uh, was it two weeks ago? Pastor Sean started the whosoever message. Yes. See, I was asking for help. Thank you guys. Uh, yeah. Whosoever. And, um, I know it's been awesome. I'm really excited about, uh, this awakening time. If you didn't heed Pastor Tom's word that he gave uh, this morning, man, I'm telling you, that was right on. That was the spirit of God. That was so good. And it's time. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for us to get into a place where we are, I love what he said, the most powerful force here in this earth. Amen. Amen. It's the love of God. It's the love of God that changes people. And if we can get unified in that, like he was saying, man, we're going to see something we've never seen. And I'm excited for it. So whosoever wants to be involved in that, there's an invitation. Amen? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life whosoever i am so excited that this whosoever believeth i'm telling you something if you could have known me before i believeth on the lord man you would have probably not liked me i'm serious well I'm, i don't know maybe you probably wanted to he has totally transformed my life in September of 99, I was living in North Carolina. I was about 150 pounds, addicted to methamphetamines, face sunken in, just this skinny old nothing. And, uh, man, he got a hold of my heart, and I became a whosoever that responded to a living God and have been changed ever since. And it's exciting, man. It's exciting what God is doing, not only in my life, but what he's doing in your lives. We've got some whosoever's out here that have responded, right? Man, it's so good to take part in what God is doing. Uh, Pastor Sean wants to talk to you today about the whosoever, the call, and the command. The whosoever, the call, and, and the command. Hold on. The whosoever, the whosoever, whosoever. It's funny because the whosoever is not exclusive. And in first service, I said that all wrong. I said the whosoever is inclusive. <laughs> and, and, and somebody came up to me and was like, Vince, you realize that it's exclusive. And I was like, no, I don't. But thank you. I really appreciate it because they were saying that I was saying that it's only a select few, and I just said it all wrong. So I love that the whosoever is exclusive, or it is not exclusive. Help me. It's not exclusive. It's not. You see, this I am a testament 
Number one, you should stay in school. And don't do drugs. Remember what Nancy Reagan said, just say no. (laughs) I love it, though, because if it was exclusive, then I wouldn't be included. See, now I get it. (laughs) And I am so grateful that I am included on what God is doing and who he is. He has changed my life as a result of answering the call of a whosoever. It is evident. There is evidence without doubt. If you knew me in September of 99 and you know me now, there is evidence that I have been changed and transformed. And I know it's the same for you all. In First Thessalonians, Paul's here and he's talking to the church in uh, chapter 1, verse 8, and he says this, The word has gotten around, and uh, this is actually the message translation. Pastor Sean apparently liked the message translation for this one. Is that the message? Yes, it is. Okay, good. The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word, not only in the, these provinces or the provinces, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God is out. Don't you like that? The news of your faith in God is out. People can see it. Uh, we don't even have to say anything anymore. You're, uh, you are the message. And I can be a testament uh, that my life has turned in to the message from where I've come, and I know many of you can too. And it's really cool to look out amongst all y'all and see uh, those that have responded to the whosoever and how God has transformed their lives. And now it is evident, not only, what does Paul say, not only in uh, word, but in deed. It is evident now in the life that we live that there has been a transformation. Amen. Um, you can't turn through the pages of the New Testament and not see the whosoever. And it's all over the place. God is calling because it's not exclusive. It's for everyone. It's not exclusive. God doesn't have like this select few that he's like, okay, well, you look the right way. Um, you smell the right way. Because if that was the case, um, it's over for me. Uh, you know, he, he's not looking for somebody. Okay, well, you've got it all together. You haven't, you've only said four cuss words, you know. And, you know, he's not, he's looking for anyone who's going to respond to his call. The call is for everyone. And we can see it littered through the uh, New Testament in John 14, or excuse me, 4, verse 14. It says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him uh, shall never thirst again. But the water that I, or excuse me, shall thirst again. But the water that I shall give him uh, shall be in him a well springing up into everlasting life. John 12, 46, it says, I have come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Aren't you glad because we responded, we are now children of the light opposed to children of the darkness? Aren't, who's, who's glad about that? I'm telling you, I am. I am extremely glad that I was a whosoever that responded. Acts 2.21, it says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Do we got some people that are saved in here? You know what I would do if I wasn't saved? Somebody, somebody said it. Some of you were thinking, though, I'd smoke a doobie, and that's not okay. <laughs> do they say doobie anymore? <laughs> what do we say now? 
Yeah, that's yeah, the older kind. No, I get saved, man. I'm telling you. If I wasn't saved, I would get saved. I don't, I don't want to go back to the life that I had before Christ. My life in him is so much better, and that's where I'm staying. I'd get saved if I wasn't saved. Uh, Revelation 20:15 it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire. Who's glad we're not going to the lake of fire? Amen. Mark 8, this is my favorite whosoever because this is, this is the meat of it in my opinion. Mark 8, 34, 37, it says, When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever desires to come after me, whoever wants to be my disciples, what he's saying, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever wants to come after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Man, this is, in my opinion, the meat of what it is to be a Christian. Jesus is calling us out here in this passage uh, and he's saying, whosoever, whoever wants this, uh, out, of a, uh, out of a world system of living, out of a, a world system of thinking, out of a world system of acting, out of a world system of responding. The world has a, a, a way it responds to specific situations and circumstances. And he's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to die, whoever wants to do this, whoever wants to follow me, I want you to die to the world's way of thinking. I want you to die to your own way of thinking. I want you to die to your own way of receiving, responding. I want you to die and take up your cross, follow me, and I will give you my life. In other words, in exchange for this mess, you're going to get something that works. And that's the life in the Spirit of God. And he's saying, here's the, here's the key. You need to develop in this. It's not my kid this time. <laughs> You know what? To be a disciple is to learn the disciplines. We need to learn the disciplines of Christ. And whoever wants to learn the disciplines of Christ, you are invited. You are invited to come develop in these disciplines. And I promise you, just from my own experience in, in the, I guess it's been 13 years now that I've been pursuing a relationship with the Father, it has transformed every part of who I am. So whosoever wants to be a disciple of Christ, you are more than welcome. In John 8.31, and uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I know it's in the Bible. John 8.31, it says, and I would have looked it up if I had more time to prepare. But it, it says, uh, what's it say? It says, abide in me and continue in my word. Now, most of us know what 32 says, and that says, uh, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But the first part of that is to abide in him and continue. You see, so many of us in our walk with the Lord, we adhere to the message or the gospel, the good news, and, and we realize that, yes, I need a Savior. But instead of continuing and developing in the disciplines of Christ, we kind of camp out in one spot and we're all excited about our salvation. And eventually, if you ain't continuing, you're going to get tired and bored of it, and you're going to get in a place of complacency. 
But he's inviting us to continue. Continue in my word. Continue in my disciplines. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that's for whosoever. The call, point number one, is for all. Every person is a potential whosoever. It is not exclusive. Is that right? It sounds so wrong in my head. Y'all need to pray for me, man. It's not, it's not exclusive. Exclusive. The call is for everyone. In uh, Revelation 22, verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him who has ears say, Come. Whosoever is thirsty, let him come, and whosoever wishes, let him take free the gift of the water of life, or take free gift, uh, yeah, the gift of the water of life, Revelation twenty two seventeen. Whosoever, the spirit and the bride say, come. It's for everyone. It's not like an exclusive club that only a few can be a part of. I like, uh, you know, I read earlier in John four fourteen, um, the about the whosoever drink of the water. Uh, that particular verse is surrounded by a story uh, where, and most of you know it, where Jesus uh, is traveling and he comes up to a well, and I'm pretty sure the well is in Samaria. Am I right? Okay. And there was a Samaritan woman there, right? And, uh, and so he comes up to the Samaritan woman, and he's like, give me a drink of water. And uh, what'd she say? Anybody know what she said? Anyways, um, she said, give me a drink of water. And, and so they go through this process, and eventually Jesus gets to a point where he says, hey, what we read, I've got some water that if you drink this, it's going to be a well in you, and, man, it's going to come up. It's going to be life bubbling out of you. And in uh, verse 28 of that same passage, it says this. It says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. I remember the rest of the story now. <laughs> what happened was, is he read, he read her mail, right? And, uh, and, and she said this. She said these words. I perceive you to be a prophet. And, and so she read his mail, and he read her mail, and uh, she has a revelation of who Jesus is. I perceive, she said, I perceive you to be the Christ. And, uh, and so then she goes back, goes to her town, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. I am so glad that he has not come to condemn us, but to bring us life. Amen. Because if he knows everything that I ever did and he's choosing to judge me on that, I might be in trouble. But amen, whosoever believeth in him. Amen. I'm so glad that he has come to bring life and not condemn us. He told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And listen to this. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. John four twenty eight. Whosoever is not exclusive. This woman encounters the living God, encounters the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And she doesn't just try to keep it to herself. What does she do? She goes back to her town and she says, hey. Dude, I'm telling you, I met somebody. I encountered this Jesus, and I want you to know him. I want you to come meet him. Maybe he'll tell you everything you did. And I won't feel as bad. No, I don't know. But I want you to meet him, and I want you to encounter him. I love it. I love the fact that she immediately, after she encounters Jesus, 
is going to find someone else to share him with. Amen. Immediately. She doesn't waste any time because point number two, the time is now. The time is now. Today is the day of salvation. And we are a people that have experienced what it is to be connected to him. But for us to take what we've received and keep it here and not go out and try to share the love of God and and speak the good news to others, I am sorry, is sick. It is. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to condemn anybody in here. I have to look at my own life and evaluate what I am doing with what Christ has done in me. I think it's kind of cool, and I don't know if any of you remember when you first got saved. I remember when I first got saved, I was super excited, and I was kind of like this woman. I went out, and I was like, I'm going to tell everybody. I, I came home. I was actually living in North Carolina. I called my parents. Uh, you know, and I said, I, I'm getting out of my lifestyle. I need a place to stay. They let me live with them. But my parents, like, every day I was on them. I was like, y'all need to talk to Jesus. Y'all need to, have you read your Bible today, Mom? Like, I was, I was on them. And I got to a point where it was like I was doing that every day, and God's like, Vince, you need to shut up. I'm like, okay, you're talking too much. You know, you just need to be quiet for a little bit because, you know, I was doing it all the wrong way. But I was excited about what God did in me. And so, and then a lot of times we kind of fall away from that a little bit. You know, maybe the cares of this world or whatever it is. And we get back into a place where we kind of lose this excitement. I want to stir that up in you today because there is something on the inside of you that I'm telling you is going to be able to impact your area of influence. And that's called the Spirit of God. When you begin to give attention to it and you purposely, like Pastor Tom was talking about, give attention to your area of influence, something's going to start to stir in you. God's going to say, oh, he's paying attention. He's starting to notice. And man, you're going to start to, he's going to start speaking to you. It's an amazing thing. And the time is now. Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38 says this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. He didn't say, ah, y'all can just sleep in because you know what? There ain't much to do out there. No, he said the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. You know, I did a little bit of research, and I didn't have much time, and I hope this is accurate. And I encourage you guys to research it out yourself. Uh, But I wanted to know, when I read that on Pastor Sean's notes, uh, I thought about how many people were actually on the earth at that particular time. And uh, from what I could gather in the couple charts that I was looking at uh, online was that there was about 220 million at that particular time. Fast forward to today, 7 billion people on this earth. The harvest is plentiful. There are souls out there that are lost, that are deceived, that need to hear some good news about a God that loves them, about a God that is for them, a happy God. Amen? That was for you, Jared. Amen. The harvest is plentiful, and people won't get saved. I like this. This is in bold print in Pastor Sean's notes, and I'm with you, Pastor Sean, if you ever listen to this. People won't be saved without hearing.
Romans 10, 11 through 15 says this. How then will they call on the name of who they have not believed? And how are they going to believe in him and who they have not heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching or without someone telling them? You see, in the passage I read in Thessalonians uh, prior, it was talking about how there's this transformation that has happened to us that has become evident and that people can see. They can see the changes in you. And that's great. They can see it. But they need to know how. Have you ever had somebody come up to you? Like, I'll run into people that I used to do stupid stuff with. I'm like, what happened to you, man? Like, you, have you ever, man, you've changed. Anybody ever heard that? There's some. There's something different about you. Anybody ever heard that? What an opportunity to tell them how you've changed. What an opportunity. Yeah, they're going to see it, but then somebody's got to tell them, okay, this is what I did, dude. I encountered Jesus, and, man, I'm telling you, he is transforming. Give them the path. Show them where to go. Show them. Give them the good news of how God loves them. Somebody's got to preach. And every believer, this is, again, in bold, Sean, I'm with you, bro. Every believer has a ministry. Every one of us. And let me tell you something. You are qualified. Don't believe the lie that you are not qualified to preach the good news. Because here's the thing. Because you've encountered him and now are in relationship with him, I don't care if you don't know a Bible verse, that makes you qualified. Because you've encountered him and there is somebody that never has. So you could be like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, I was in my room and I felt God and he loves me and he loves you. Bam, qualified. I'm serious. Because who else is going to tell him anything? You're in their life for a reason. Tell them what you know, even if what you know is little. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, By the foolishness of the gospel preached, many were saved. In other words, you got these Greeks and you got these Romans that are all smart, and then you got these weird Christians that are going around, and they don't know much about anything, and they're just, Jesus loves you. (laughs) Okay, we believe, you know. (laughs) Because... Ultimately, it's the Spirit of God that draws the hearts of man. And he's just looking like Pastor Tom was talking about for a people that are going to unify under a message. And I think we can all agree on the good news, amen? And come in unity and be willing to go out into our area of influence and be used for the kingdom of heaven. Every believer has a ministry. It's your area of influence. You see, you see, a lot of times we'll create this idea that in order to have a ministry, I gotta be on stage or I gotta, I gotta get a doctorate or, or whatever. And that's not the case. You're qualified and you have a ministry now. That your area of ministry is your area of influence. It's your job. It's your if you're in school, it's where you go to school. If you ride the bus to work, nobody really does that around here. But if you did ride the bus to work or took the subway, if we had one. <laughs> That's an area that you're there every day. You probably see some of the same people, you know. Every one of us have an area of influence where we're in contact with different people throughout the day. You know, I'm getting ready to go on a ski trip. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you're like, I don't ski. <laughs> but I love, yeah, I love to ski. But I'm going on a ski trip, 
And uh, I'm going with three people. Uh, my sister's boyfriend, my uh, nephew, and uh, my brother. And all three of them are lost. Every, every one of them. What a great opportunity. They're going to be stuck in the car with me for 10 hours. Area of influence, going on a ski trip, area of influence. It doesn't matter. It's called living life and living it as a Christian. And so, you know, it's really cool. And honestly, I'm really excited about it because the Lord has already specifically talked to me about how I am going to have an opportunity when I'm with them. And how he's even shown me, and I hope I'm right, you know, sometimes we have a hard time hearing the Lord. But he's even shown me who's going to bring up the conversation. I don't, I don't even have to bring it up. Because listen, let me tell you something. Every one of us, when you're lost and you're, you don't know, you haven't encountered the Savior, there's a longing in your heart for something. And what we do is we go around trying to fill it with, for me, in my case, it was drugs. Some people, it's money. Some people, it's women. Some people, it's men. Some people, it could be a career. It could be basketball, football. It doesn't matter. And they're longing. They are wanting to get connected back to the life giver. And they just need someone to show them the way. Show them, show them the way. It's already there. So I'm excited, man. That's my area of influence. I'm going, we're leaving next Sunday, so I won't be here next Sunday. Bless me. Bless you. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, I'm excited about skiing. Don't get me wrong. But, man, I'm, I have three of close family, friends that I'm going to be able to influence for the kingdom. Amen? Every one of us have a ministry. Point number three, the command has been spoken by Jesus himself. Um, every believer has been commissioned. In Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, it says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go th- therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, like I've already said, being an info, a witness or, or our area of ministry, it's, it just comes out of, out of who we are, especially when we've decided that we're going to develop in the disciplines of Christ. This is one of the disciplines. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And you have the ability. I love what it says. Check this out. First off, Jesus said, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And then he says, go. And then what does he say there at the end? I am with you always. He's with us. We're not doing this thing in our own strength and our own ability. All authority in heaven and in earth was given to him, and he's with us. You see, the enemy wants you, he wants to get you in a place, number one, like I've already said, where you feel like you're not qualified. And number two, he wants to get you in a place where you're crippled by fear and you won't open your mouth because he knows that if you do, that Jesus is with you. And when you open your mouth, something begins to happen that you can't see with your physical eyes. 
the Spirit of God begins to move. We are vessels, conduits, ambassadors for the kingdom. And when we go to somebody that is lost and we show them the love of God, and then we actually tell them the good news, then the Spirit of God begins to work on their behalf. But if the devil can get you afraid and crippled, you won't do it, and we won't see the Spirit of God working in that particular person's life. And I thought, man, I was in a place in, that, in my Christian walk for so long. I was afraid, man. I was afraid of everything. I was afraid of my wife. Uh, I still am. I, no. no, I'm not. I love you, babe. Wasn't there a share song, I love you, babe? I'm telling you, I was afraid. I was afraid to be right here. I was afraid to talk to somebody about Jesus. I was afraid um, to. I was afraid of doing ministry in the kids' ministry, like kids care. You know, I was afraid. You know, (laughs) you could get up there and tell them butterflies are pink, and they'd be like, "Yeah." But I came to a point in my life where I realized that's not about me, and I said, "Man." Because I, I would always complain how I wanted God to use me, and then I'd, like, never do anything. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the enemy trying to get you in a place where, where that person, he knows if you open your mouth, the Spirit of God is going to work. And listen, you just have to be a vessel. You just have to be willing. You know, the interns, uh, here's some of them. Where's your hand, interns? These are some of our interns. They're amazing. I get to hang out with them all the time. It's fun. Uh, but they were listening. Uh, Jared is our intern director. Jared, raise your hand. That's Jared. I like him. And uh, he had them listening to a message from Judah Smith. And uh, when there's sometimes they'll be in the link listening to messages, and it always sucks me in. I'm like, <laughs> and so I got sucked in listening to Judah, and he was talking about closing the deal. And he was talking about witnessing and how a lot of times we feel like we have to close the deal. That we're the ones responsible for closing the deal. You know, like when you minister to somebody and you you tell them the truth, the good news, and tell them about what Jesus has done for them. You feel obligated to say, okay, we got to pray right now. You repeat after me, you know. Like we feel, and I'm not saying that's bad. I mean, do it if that's available. But it's him. It's him that finishes the work. He gave. He 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 was teaching out of uh, uh, from the story of the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and uh, this was after Jesus had died. And Jesus comes up to these two guys on the road of Emmaus, and he reveals to them who he is through the law and the prophets. And after he does that, and after they have a revelation of who Christ is, Jesus is like, "Peace, I'm in, I'm out. See you later." He's like, <laughs> he, he and like Jesus. And this is what Judas saying. Why didn't you close the deal, Jesus? They understood you should have said the prayer. No. Hear me today. To man be the obedience, to God be the result. Amen? We got to be willing, and if we're open and we're willing, then God can channel through us and begin to work on their behalf. And it's a command. It's a command for every Christian. Go into all the word, make disciples. Point number four, his power, like I've already said, is in you to accomplish the work. His power is in you. I think it's really cool on uh, how on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room, and by 9 o'clock they were out in the streets. Isn't that awesome? 9 o'clock they were out in the streets. Every believer can be a living demonstration of God's presence in someone's life. 
Every believer can be a living demonstration of, of uh, God's presence in someone's life. Evangelism is necessary. Now hear this. Once again, this is in bold, and this is so true. Evangelism is necessary for your own growth in Christ. Man, that is so true. I'm telling you, the second you start to put others as a priority over yourself, you are living the Christ kind of life, and you will begin to see growth in your own life in ways that you never thought were possible. I am telling you, that is, there's no getting around it. That when you begin to put others as a priority, there's just something that happens on the inside of you. In that very same passage that we're talking about, the Samaritan and the, you know, the woman at the well, uh, after Jesus was hanging out with that, that woman, um, his disciples came up to him, and, and, and they were like, oh, man, we forgot to get you some food. And I love Jesus' response. He said, my food is to do the will of God. <sighs> my food is to do the will of God. When you are constantly pursuing to do his will and love Others, you see, that's the Great Commission. Love others. Put them as a priority over yourself. And I trust me, I know it's hard. But when you begin to develop that, and it's a process, in your life, you are going to see exponential growth. It's your food. It's, it's, it's your food. It's how you're going to grow. So evangelism is a necessary part for the growth of every Christian. Amen? Now, I'm out of time, so I need to close. But in everyone's bulletin, you have one of these cards here. And uh, this card is specifically for three people in your life that you want to see get saved. For me, it's real easy. I'm going to have them locked up in a van for 10 hours. i got three people that I'm going to be writing down on this card. And uh, I think it's really good that, that we can actually, I guess, take maybe a little bit of what I'm saying and put it on something tangible that maybe can help us start putting, you know, the rubber to the road. And, and what we're going to do here is we're going to believe God together for those three people. We're going to stand with you in prayer. You're going to write them down. You can notice that at the top here, you have the, the three lines and at the bottom. This bottom half, what we want you to do is uh, tear it off. And uh, as you leave today, throw it in the offering basket. There will be some ushers by the door that have a basket you can throw it in. And we want to stand with you in prayer and believe for those three people. Let me tell you what's going to happen when, when you start to do this kind of stuff. Uh, it's really cool because like Pastor Tom was saying, you're being pur purposeful now. And, and when you focus on three people, like I've already said, God's going to start to stir in you. And because and, the Spirit of God's in you, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God wants people healed. The Spirit of God wants people saved. The Spirit of God wants people set free and delivered. No question. So he's going to start to show you things. He's going to start to show you specific things to pray for. He may give you specific things to say to that person. You're going to have opportunities. He's going to bring opportunities because you're giving it attention. You're being purposeful. He's going to give you opportunities maybe where you'll have a chance to tell them the good news. He's going to give you, I mean, you're going to see doors begin to open. And we just are grateful and we're thankful for the Spirit of God in us for that. So what we're going to do, I'm going to have Kevin come on up here. And uh, we're going to sing through this worship song one more time. I want you guys to write down some names today. Write it down today. And uh, let's think about it right now. Let's not wait. 
because the time is now. The harvest is plentiful. And I, I don't know about you, but I believe that we can really make an impact. If I didn't believe we can make an impact, I would be playing golf right now, even if it's cold. I love to play golf. And, but I love my Jesus more. And I'm telling you, I believe. I believe we can make an impact. This is part of it. This is part of what we can do. So let's write those names down. As you're writing them down, start to pray for them. And uh, after we sing through this, I'll dismiss. You 